All right, we are back. I'm Janine, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That was a little Amanda Marshall, and that was Birmingham. And standing by to kick off the second half of the show is New York Times bestselling and award-winning author Brendan Keeley. Good morning, Brendan. Hi, good morning. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for calling in. Oh, yeah, glad to. Thanks. I was really intrigued by your new novel, Tradition. And uh, if you could tell me a little bit about the backstory of how this all came about. Uh, absolutely. So uh, Tradition is a novel that is about uh, two teens who are trying to navigate the um, misogynistic traditions at their boarding school and, um, and, and, and really push back against a, a culture that's been uh, silently and loudly advocating uh, misogyny. And this came about because... Um, I was um, uh, sort of looking around and looking at things to write about, and in 2015, I was um, struck by the courage of Emma Salkowitz as she walked across the graduation stage at Columbia University and dragged her mattress across the stage with her. Um, what? Because she was in, it was an act of defiance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was unbelievably courageous because the university did not want to publicly speak about the fact that she had been sexually assaulted mm-hmm. and she would not go unheard. She would not be silenced. And it's, it's tremendous to think yes. of the strength of, of, of this woman. Um, and, and, and that she had to is already part of the problem, but, but that strength was something I really wanted to honor when, when working on a book. And the other half of the inspiration was, it was only a couple months later that we heard the kind of, uh, disgusting, violent attitude, behavior, and language towards women that Donald Trump uh, mentioned when he was on the Hollywood Access stage. And I saw a photo of a boys' football team in Portland, Oregon, and they were all wearing wild feminist Mm T-shirts, and there was a caption below the photo that said, not in our locker room. So I just, Uh, it was those two moments that sort of said, okay, young folks who are grappling with this misogyny that's been around forever, Mm -hmm. um, can amplify the voices of women who've been speaking about misogyny for so long. Um, and maybe I can write a book about that and also about the men who choose to listen and support and believe women when they're telling these stories. So quick question. Do you have daughters? I do not. I, do I, not. I hope to be so lucky to have kids one day, but right mm. now, not, not yet. Because <laughs> it's a powerful book. I mean, what a wonderful thing to write, you know. Um, but yeah. it, it's wonderful how you were able to dive into this topic. Uh, well, thank you. And, you know, I, I, I think it's really important that men in general uh, do a better job practicing empathy. Right. Um, but also as someone, I, you know, I worked as a high school teacher and I was, I was with young people uh, every day for years. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's just really important to, to give them their due, their due justice. And I, I try to do that by, by writing real characters in my books. What are some things you would like uh, listeners to know about this book? Uh, well, I mean, number one, that I think it's timely. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and, I, and I think it's important that, uh, you know, if listeners were, were looking for a, for a way to, to engage in a community conversation, let's say, whether that's in a classroom, whether that's in a book club, whether that's in a church group or whatever it might be, um, I think that uh, novels provide an excellent opportunity for us to tackle these kind of big subjects. And so for me, since I think right now the discussion of misogyny is so important, um, it always has been and, and, and 
we need to do a lot, a lot better job talking about it, maybe this novel can be a way for people to begin to talk about it. Because instead of having to talk about your own life, you can talk about Jules Devereaux, who's one of the two narrators, or yes. James Baxter, and how they grapple with, um, with misogyny. And I think it's important for the other takeaway is that both men and women have a role to play. And for men, it's time to listen more, <laughs> believe okay. more, and practice empathy more. And for the women who have been advocating and speaking up for so long, um, I think this is a book for, for, for them to say, yes, this is, this is what I've been saying. <laughs> so here's a question. As you were starting out to write this book versus when you finished the book, did you, were, you, were you switching directions? Because um, a lot of times with writing, obviously, you discover something in your thoughts and your process, and then you go off into a different area that has a lot more meaning or enlightenment enlightenment yeah well so i, I also want to want to say that a, particularly as a man writing this book mm-hmm. the, one of the central questions that i kept coming back to was how can men be better feminists and part of my writing process was constantly checking in with a number of the women in my life who to, to whom i feel very accountable <laughs> And, and, and also, as a writer, I feel accountable um, in, in these ways. So while I was em- embarking on the project, you know, there, there are certain things that I began to imagine, but there was a lot more that I think I began to learn when I was getting feedback from, from the women uh, who read the book. And also, as I read and, and wrote the scenes, as I wrote into the scenes where there's some pain, mm-hmm. it's it's hard not to be changed some way as a writer, I think. Yes. In, my, in my very first novel, The Gospel of Winter, I wrote about the, the scandal of abuse in the Catholic Church. And for me to write some of the scenes that I had to write in there, I, I had to go through a kind of empathetic experience that's, that, that, that is changing in many ways. Right. Um, and likewise with this book, I, I feel like I, I, I just wish that I, I had had this knowledge uh, so much earlier in life, and I, I think that's, what, again, why I hope that it's a book that would appeal to both young adults and adults. I think it's great, because it's a, you know, um, some people might assume, oh, it might be written by a woman, but you have a different perspective, and obviously coming at it from a high school teacher, too. Yeah. Yes, and I, and I, and I, uh, there are uh, many novels out there who, that have been written by women that are fantastic and cover topics about sexual assault and um, and I think the the uh, by embarking on this kind of a, a subject myself as a man the, again the important thing for me was to reflect on okay it's not just about the experience of victimhood or harassment and assault it's also about the culture that boys feed each other that boys tease each other the way that boys create a kind of um, environment in which they feel as if they almost have to be misogynistic in order to be one of the guys. Right. And so for me, I felt like there's a space that I can critique. I can critique that culture. I can critique the kind of behavior that, that boys engage in that breeds this, this broader culture of harassment, assault, and misogyny. When you were younger, do you, did you fall back on some memories of things that happened with boys like that? Absolutely. So I was mm-hmm. a three-sport athlete, and I uh, was in those locker rooms, and I look back with shame um, on some level of 
thinking about uh, the kinds of jokes that were bantered around in those locker rooms, the kinds of graffiti that was scratched on the lockers and right. the locker rooms or in the, the boys' bathrooms and um, the kind of behavior that um, I really think it, the way that we spoke about collecting points and accruing uh, statistics in basketball, the same kind of language and competitive attitude that boys used when speaking about girls. I mean, later in my high school years, I was fortunate to have some friends, some of whom were girls and some of whom were boys, who really got me to rethink this. And so luckily, as I was, you know, later in my high school years, I began to push back against that kind of attitude. In fact, some friends of mine and I uh, went on a campaign at our high school. Um, A a tuxedo rental company had put up a... had, had. lobbied to put posters up in the in the hallways so that boys would rent tuxedos from that company for the prom. Mm-hmm. And the image on the poster was three boys in tuxedos, one girl in a prom dress. The girls were ho- the the boys were hovering over the girl and she was tipped upside down uh, so that her head was on the ground and her legs were in the air. I mean it was disgusting. Ugh. And 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 luckily, you know, one of my friends uh said this, you know, if we let this stand then we're advocating this kind of behavior is okay. And, and, and he rallied us, and, and we did something about it. We tore them down. Good. But, but, I, but I think it's, this is why I hope that a book like this can, can help young men begin to think about there are other ways we can begin to define our masculinity instead of it being so full of, 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 of anti-women uh, attitudes and behaviors. Right. I feel like it should be required reading for high school students. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> so where can people uh, find out more about you? Oh, absolutely. People can find out more at brendankiley.com. That's B-R-E-N-D-A-N-K-I-E-L-Y. Or you can find me on Twitter, at Kylie Brendan. And uh, you can find out all you need to on those two places. Excellent. Any last words you'd like to leave listeners? Um. The last word that I want to leave listeners is, is, is actually nothing about the book, but just something I've got to say about the state of the world. Mm-hmm. And I hope that um, uh, we can all choose to love someone more tomorrow than we did today. And uh, Beautiful. That's just the, kind of yeah. the attitude I'm hoping we can all get to I think days. I think that's great, Brendan. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for having me call in. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Congratulations on the book. All right. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye now. That was Brendan Keeley calling in to talk about his new novel that explores uh, the nature of tradition at a prestigious boarding school, and it's called Tradition is Not an Excuse. And all the info is on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and our complete conversation will be up on the show blog within an hour or so after I wrap. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z, underscore rock that's m-o-m-z underscore rock kuci is on twitter at kuci fm we're on instagram at kuci fm tumblr blog.kuci.org and where else we're on facebook kuci 88.9